Hello, and welcome to our June version of Tech Talk. I'm Kirsten Burke, and I am here with Shaheen Peruz, as always. Hello, Shaheen. Hello. I can't believe it's June already. I was going to say, it's not <laughs> June already. It's July in a few days. I know. So. When you said June, I was like, wait, what? I, well, I had to think about it. I'm like, where are we? So uh, welcome. We hope you are enjoying your summer, uh, your fleeting summer, as, as are we. Um, thank you for joining us. We are talking today um, about something that is probably near and dear to everyone's hearts simply because we all use it um, as, as users, whether you're business or personal, um, but it's email. And it's, it is all of our key communication tool now um, besides texting. And um, one of the issues that, that we have and that is growing and growing and growing is email security. And we um, wanted to talk today about what is going on and why is email security falling so far behind. And you don't have to look far to see the evidence of this. 93% um, of all attacks, um, uh, successful attacks start with email. 74% um, of breaches involve some kind of a human element. So um, social engineering, things like that. And then 50% of all social engineering attacks um, are pretexting. And that's something that's really kind of um, evolved more and more. And in fact, it's doubled over the last year. So you kind of look at all these things and say, what the heck is going on? And shouldn't this be easier to protect against? So we wanted to talk about that today. So Shaheen, lead us off and um, you know what's going on? What is the issue? Yeah. Um... Before we jump into that, we uh, we just got some breaking news from a handful of customers that are on uh, Google Workplace, and uh, Google three days ago notified customers that there's something wrong with their spam engines, and they're working on it. And it's uh, the we have some very small customers uh, that uh, have notified us that they're getting 500 spam messages a day. Oh wow! And and on in a mailbox in a single mailbox and. Um, and so it's uh, it's an example of the the one of the things we rely on is those gateway based email security solutions and those mm -hmm. gateway based email security solutions. If they fail in any way, mm -hmm. you get an example like this where you're getting a flood of emails in your mailboxes that are unwanted. But what's really the bigger problem is some of those spam messages are actually malicious. Mm -hmm. They have links to bad sites. They may look like they're coming from Amazon or something else or or from other shopping places. But in fact, when you click on them, they attempt to do credential harnessing. They attempt to capture passwords for people effectively. Um, so really what's what we're struggling with with email security historically has been email security is just like traditional antivirus was to today's EDR platforms. It's a file-based solution. It's based on definitions and signatures and heuristics and this, uh, there's an attachment that looks like it's malicious or there is, we know that the URL in this message is not going to Amazon, but the message looks like it's coming from Amazon. So there's mm -hmm. some heuristics that are happening to try to weed out the majority of the unwanted um, spam in general and antivirus messages, but also trying to break into this phishing tactic that hackers are using. The, the challenge is, it's a lot. It's it's email gateway solutions are basically a sieve. You're pouring millions and millions and millions of emails through it for a given company, 
and hoping that the holes in the sieve are the right size to stop the bad mm -hmm. stuff. But if they're too big and the hackers keep making the, the bad stuff smaller and smaller to look more and more like a regular email, it's going to get through. Um, the other thing we heavily rely on, uh, a lot of conversations I have in pre-sales with customers, they say we're good with phishing protection. Mm -hmm. We have um, we have company X, Y, or Z. <laughs> and you know, there's there's some great technology companies out there that do gateway email security. Google themselves acquired Postini years ago. Microsoft uh, acquired a company um, called Antigen, um, and they integrated that into their um, email security uh, portfolio. So the big email providers, Microsoft and Google, have their own email gateway solutions and security solutions on the front end. And then there's third parties who add a layer of security on top of that, but it's still a gateway-based solution. And what it means is that the emails are going through the gateway first. It's getting checked for, is it good? Is it bad? Is it malicious? Is it, does it look funky? And they quarantine it. And then the user has to go into the quarantine and look at it and say, this was real, this was not. And it learns over time. Those are the heuristics we're talking about. Um, and the learning over time, if, if one of your users says this was good, but it wasn't good, now that's taught the heuristic something wrong. And so it, there's a lot of human behavior that creates problems in this ecosystem. So what do we do? We jump to the second thing, which is email security awareness. We're good. We have gateway and we have email security awareness. We've got, again, a list of 10 companies that are great at email security awareness, um, training, and uh, simulated phishing attacks. The challenge with that is you're still relying on your people to be your security tool, your security yeah. control. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I run too fast and I click something and I am in the industry. I ought to know better, but I still do it. Yeah. I've been caught by our email simulated phishing attacks. And as soon as I click it, I knew I did something wrong. And then I get prompted that says, oops, you did something wrong. <laughs> Your company's protecting you. Don't do this. This is bad. You're going to training. Um, and so if, if someone who is a practitioner and has been doing this for 30 years can get caught by something, how do you expect your person in finance to be right. able to 100% of the time not do that? Well, and I think uh, the, the adversaries are so creative, right? And, and the social engineering tactics are evolving so quickly, right? Yep. I mean, the commonality is they prey on our the, the good side of our human nature, right? Yep. We want to help, we want to fix, we want to. So they're they're preying on the good nature of someone or they're preying on fear, right? Oh my gosh, something's happened, I have to fix this. Yep. And so to your point, you know, we're 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 asking people to be a very strong first line of defense. <clears throat> and I read a great article last week that said, you know, the cybersecurity vendors have to be better at people proofing the solutions, which is a great point, except at the end of that line is always the person. Yep. And on top of that, we blurred um, personal and work, right? You know, on your, on your iPhone, right? You're picking up your work email and your personal email on your work laptop, and you're accessing your Google mail. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we've got, people already that can be fooled. We've got devices that are working with both personal and corporate data. And yep. so even if the company is doing a great job with their email, I go to my personal Gmail and do something and I could 
do much harm to the rest of my access to the corporate file. So, 100%. so complicated. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The, um, the, the attacks that are coming in, the social engineering attacks that are coming in, um, and, and in uh, social engineering, people usually think about um, somebody's picking up the phone and calling and pretending like they're somebody. We've we've evolved to where we're not doing that, and we meaning the bad actors, not doing that as much, but they're doing it through email. So they're now social engineering through email. One of the most common ones over the last um, uh, five years or so was you get a text from your CEO and then an email from your CEO saying, I'm in Boca Raton and I need you to transfer $10,000 to my personal account. Here's the account number. And it used to catch people and people did it and lost money and it was it was frustrating. That was uh, account impersonation. They were impersonating and what they were typically doing was creating an account that looked very similar to the CEO's name and sending it and fooling people into not paying attention to an L instead of a one or a one instead of an L and zero instead of an O, those, those types of things. So it was very easy to make mistakes. Um, fast forward today and the biggest attack vector right now is um, BEC, business email compromise. And what's happening is it's a man in the middle attack where the hackers are compromising somebody's account, um, either on the vendor side or the customer side. And they're watching traffic. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting and watching traffic. And the way they do this is first by phishing and doing a password capture. And then they log in and just watch. Mm -hmm. And when they see something that comes in, let's say from a vendor to an accounts payable person that says you haven't paid this invoice, um, they immediately follow up with an email that looks like that vendor's domain to that person that says, by the way, please change the account number to this one. We just changed our bank. Here is the new remittance. I can tell you a dozen conversations I've had where people have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on that simple social engineering trick. Mm -hmm. And it, it, again, we are relying on our people to be able to see the L's instead of the ones that it's not ABC uh, company.com, it's ABC.xyz and things like that. So it's very hard to be able to notice without paying detailed attention to right. every email. And how many of us have time to pay that right. kind of attention? So fast forward to what the what the market is saying, what the analysts are saying, we believe there's a better way. We believe that we, we and again, we try not to be salesy here, but we've got an advanced phishing protection suite that is really designed around after the mailbox, after the security awareness training. Once it hits the mailbox and passes it and bypasses, the gateways uh, and is in the mailbox. How do we find threats inside the mailbox? How do we find threats in your drives, your Google Drive and your uh, OneDrive and SharePoint, all those areas. And that's probably the area where most of the manufacturers out there in terms of email security are trying to get into, but they're not doing a great job at it yet. They're really coming from a mindset of traditional AV versus behavior in EDR. So being able to spot impossible logons, being able to spot um, a account takeover, a password capture, a uh, the BEC compromises, being able to model the types of conversations somebody normally has and baseline it and say, this person's not 
their their intent and tone is very different than normal and setting off flags. Those are common things that are starting to become prevalent in the email security space. Um, we've been doing those for years, and and we think that that is. We've always said XDR should be much more than endpoint and firewall. We believe that DNS and uh, the advanced phishing protection we're talking about is critical to that portfolio. But it's not like you were discussing. It's not just in the inbox. It's not just your corporate email. I've got my Gmail account, my personal account, my all my accounts coming into my single mailbox mm -hmm. uh, on my Mac. Mm -hmm. And so what happens if I'm relying on me as a security control and I click on something not in corporate email, but in my personal email on my corporate machine and I go out to a bad site and then it says you need your Office 365 credentials to get to this document. And unwittingly, I type it in and we're off and running. Mm -hmm. Now we've got a business email compromise account takeover. Um, if I'm an admin, now I've got a risk of a hacker capturing my domain admin account, mm -hmm. coming into my Azure AWS environments, compromising my servers, encrypting the environment, and now I've a ransomware situation. So how do you protect against that? Yeah. And that's where the DNS defense is missing. No matter where your users are, 80% of the attack, 80% of malware requires DNS to function. So if you can block that 80% from getting to command and control, from doing C2 callbacks, from bypassing DNS um, by going to IP directly, you're going to take the lion's share of those phishing attacks and cut them off at the knees. Well, it would seem, so I've heard two things. One is layers. So it seems one of the issues when we go back to why are we falling behind, that we're relying on two layers um, that are farther from the user. And that if we can put additional layers in between X and the user um, inside the mailbox or whatever, to just continue to winnow away at, at wherever that risk might be, that's a good thing. And then we've got this data devices, people everywhere issue that we have to factor in. Yep. Why are we falling behind? Because everyone went home or everyone you know, went remote. And so now um, organizations had to adapt so that users could have broader from anywhere access. But the implications of that, email security probably wasn't ready to accommodate. Yes. So in understanding all of that, um, how does, I mean, you've, you've talked about DNS, you've talked a little bit about email security. Um, how, how does someone think about defending this? I mean, it seems like you really need to know the DNA of the attacker to effectively defend it, which, which you do, which data endure does. Um, how, how does someone move forward? effectively i mean with with yeah. as complicated as this is we've said you know over the several years of tech talks we keep repeating one thing which is you have to have layers and layers in depth to be able to protect and secure your environment so those the five core layers we always talk about is you have to have email security you have to have dns security endpoint security network security and then you need 24 by 7 operations monitoring all of the data comes that comes from those things correlating all of the data that comes from those things 
in in total an organization who wants to build a proper stack to do what I just described, you're talking about 20 to 30 tools and 24 by seven operations that you want to train those tools. Um, so it's it's not an insignificant lift to get there, which is which is effectively why the if you look at the gardeners and the foresters, they keep talking about how MSSPs are the way to go. And it's because of this challenge. How do you get make that lift when you're, you know, under a 5,000 seed company, it's, it's, you've got mm -hmm. so many things you've got to focus on to make you successful and differentiate you from your competitors. How do you now make that kind of investment and time and energy and people and technology to do what yeah. we just described? Um, it's very difficult for a company um, below 10,000 seeds to have the security subject matter experts that can cover mm -hmm. all 20 to 30 of those tools. So what companies like us bring to the table is the selection of technologies that make sense, the integration of those technologies. And what's a little bit different about us at Data Endure is we productize this so that you don't get handcuffed into a technology. We do okay. continuous improvement where if this particular email gateway solution is no longer good, we're going to change it across all of our customers. As a matter of fact, we happen to be making that transition right now for our customers. Mm -hmm. If this particular EDR solution isn't good, we make that change across all of our customers without having to come in and do a TCO or resell. It's just an underlying engine mm -hmm. beneath the surface of what we do. And that advantage makes us unique in the space in that it's a continuously improving security portfolio mm -hmm. of best-in-class technologies. Mm -hmm. And it's not static tech, I've said before, Security companies, technology companies have a five to 10 year at best lifespan. Mm -hmm. Their technology becomes um, uh, old or defunct or starts to fade away in terms of efficacy as new companies come out and new ways uh, to protect against new threats come out um, and they can't keep up because of their technical debt. A company like us who integrates commercial products has doesn't have that problem mm -hmm. because when that five year time span expires, we put in the next new cool shiny thing right. that does all the things we say we do and we, we we productize it in such a way that those features make sense so how do you address it you build a data endure is the short answer mm -hmm. you do that internally um, or you look for somebody like us um, and uh, that, that can help you cross that gap and put in the controls that are gaps today we've got a uh, we've talked before about the um our economic roadmap, which helps to mm -hmm. identify where you have holes in your security portfolio based on that five-layer security mm -hmm. model that we talked about, security maturity model. And then you implement the pieces and parts that make sense. And over time, you'll make transitions to a fully managed security offering. But it's at the times that your software becomes up, comes up right. for renewal or refreshes need to happen, or the technologies become defunct and it's reached its five-year limit or whatever decision point you have. Right. Um, and in the meantime, how do you know? Security health checks. Yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting. I going back to the topic, you know, why is email security falling behind? And hearing you talk, <clears throat> it seems it's falling behind because people are thinking of it solely as email security. Yeah. And if you're looking at these varying areas as point solutions or as piece parts, um, you're going to have those gaps, right? You talked about all of these dependencies mm 
um, for email security or for the efficacy of your whole security posture. And if someone is just out there shopping and saying, oh, I need an email security tool, but you're not aware or thinking about the implications everywhere else, you're going to fall behind. Mm -hmm. And so hearing you talk about it and talk about the layers, um, while it does seem overwhelming, it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. That that you've got these attacks coming from everywhere. Um, you've got new attacks that haven't been created. They're going to come at you. And so having someone who has built um, innovation into the model so that you don't feel it when it's changing, but it's continuously adapting to stay on par with the adversary right. um, seems like a win yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's you know, I'm, I would say I'm slightly biased on that topic, but I, I agree. It's it's probably the biggest challenge in my career has always been um, how do you continue to do technology evaluations and refreshes while not losing the integration between technology? Mm -hmm. And 30 years of doing that has uh, gotten myself and my team, which has significant tenure with me, uh, mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that helps. They, I don't have to retrain from the ground up. Um, integrating technologies becomes part of the core of mm -hmm. how we operate. So it's there's a constant evaluation and integration cycle that happens. And we pick technologies that will integrate, that meet the needs, that have the features and capabilities we're talking about, and more importantly, are effective. They have the right. efficacy to do what it is we're trying to accomplish. Our goal at the end of the day, there's a lot of, um, if you think about the some of the pricing models out there, um, SIM solutions in general, and a lot of the SOC as a service players, the more garbage you throw at them, the more data, the more logs, the more um, alerts, the more events, the better it is for them, the more money they make. So the incentives are all broken in this industry. The incentive is not to clean you up because if they clean you up, they lose revenue because there's less data in the SIM. We don't work that way. We're, we're literally a price per endpoint per month that covers all those moving parts that is really charging a fair price to protect the environment and has this holistic view. XDR for us means much more than endpoint. Yeah. Um, I remember a, a, a common peer of ours, um, I created a offering decades ago. Uh, that offering was called R3 and um, it happened to include three technologies and he added two more technologies to it and called it, called it R5. R3 was an acronym. And, and so it, it didn't make any sense. And, and it's, that's kind of how I feel XDR is. We had EDR and we decided to add management to it. So that became MDR. And then we added firewall logs to it. That became XDR. That should have been MDR plus firewall logs, not extended detection and response. And that's the biggest frustration I have in the marketplace today. And the reason I bring up XDR is because email security is a factor for us mm -hmm. in, the, in our XDR portfolio. You have to have all those five layers in XDR. If you mm -hmm. don't, you're not actually extended. Exactly. You're doing exactly. endpoint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think if you go back to what is the end goal here, yeah. right? Whether it's email security, what is the end goal for any organization? Mm -hmm. it's, it's to reduce dwell time. Right. You talk about at the beginning where, you know, someone gets in and then they just sit and they watch. Yep. Right. That's dwell time. How long does somebody have in your system to wreak havoc? And so when you think about what any solution ought to be able to answer and do for you is what are you doing to help me reduce dwell time? And, and 
we we use this phrase. We say it's all about time. So you've got the dwell time that is a priority. And then I think for organizations, um, for for building it, implementing it, integrating it, that is a time suck, right? Um, Just to roll out one tool, but think two, three, five, 20, however many you're talking about. Companies don't have time today. This is not an area that you want to spend six months, nine months, 12 months getting right. I mean, you got to get it right now. And, and the adversary is not waiting. And you've got people, you know, all over the place trying to break down the door. And so I think if you look at those two time advantages, right, take it away from the adversary and give it to you by accelerating how fast you can have a healthy posture. Um, that's what we're all about here. And and however it is we can help people get there, um, that's why we have the economic roadmap. We know you've already spent some money. We know you're already invested. But where is it? What is the low-hanging fruit? Where is it that, that we would advise you to, to shore up or to think about investing in? Um, the security health checks, you know, where is it that you might be at risk now. Um, these are things that we offer on a complimentary basis because we care about time. Yep. We care about that, that those moments that you have um, to, to get more secure before someone else knows that you're not. Yeah, and uh, the most of the, the entire security world is a reactive world. Mm-hmm. So we, we create what the world looks at as real-time protections. And real-time protections means what? something bad happened and in mm-hmm. real time we stop it. Mm-hmm. That's too late. Right. Everything that you just said is about the dwell time and what happened the six months before the attack mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the important data that helps us to identify there's malicious activity in the network and we need to stop it before they take hold, before they take root, before they do something. And it doesn't always take six months. Um, the average number in the industry is about 200 days. Uh, but there's much shorter attack windows that we've seen in incident responses. Uh, but ultimately, where where another factor to our approach to this is, I mentioned that our incentives are tied to reducing threats mm-hmm. and events and alerts in your environment. Part of the way we do that is we do two things that are very proactive that nobody I've seen does. Number one, we integrate vulnerabilities into the threats um, and the events and the correlation of those vulnerabilities to identify in behavior, is somebody targeting a system that has an exploit? And if they are, alarm levels go up. Number two, we do continuous pen testing inside and outside the network and external posture management and cloud posture management. And that's included in our XDR service. Those are like, if, if you just think about the things I said, email security, I mentioned there's three factors, that's three tools. DNS defense, there's obviously something at the firewall with something distributed. There's at least two or three tools there. Endpoint security, you want a file-based antivirus solution to protect against the file downloads and all that, but then you also need an EDR. There's another two tools. Um, Network security, you want VLANs and and hypervisor-based and cloud-based security and and segmentation and VPN or ZTNA. Now you're talking four or five tools and and you just keep going. Then then you add a SIM, then you add vulnerability management, then you add risk management and posture management, and then you add 24 by seven staff to monitor all that. For a hundred person company, you're looking at about half a million dollars a year to operate that. Just to protect your data. And 
we come in at 70% less than that in, on average for a company of that size. So it's, it's in intense security up and running in 30 days. Yeah. Comprehensive. Well, I said um, I wouldn't sell what I sold. Well, well, well and here, here's the thing, you know, uh, we care. Yes. And so, you know, we see these organizations and, and unfortunately some of them, we come in to fix something that's already gone wrong. Um, uh, and, you know, even the folks that we speak to in a pre-sales cycle, right? We care about helping organizations do what is so hard for them to do on their own. And we care because there is a literal, there are literal bad guys out there, right? This isn't um, driving down the road and saying, oh, I hope, you know, I hope I get to where I'm going today. You know, I hope there are no accidents. I mean, this is like you driving down the highway with bullets and rockets and cars and things being thrown at you all the time. I mean, yep. this is what this environment is like. Yep. And um, we know more than the average person because we see it all the time. And so we, we do care about helping organizations be aware, if nothing else, be aware of what's going on in your environment now so that you can understand how to best defend it. So thank you. And I know we went a little deep and I know we went a little wide, um, you know, but the, the topic was email security. And, and I hope we shed a little bit more light on that and um, some of the factors that maybe you ought to be thinking about that you're not. Um, key takeaway is it's not just about email security, I think. And um, if you are curious how you stack up, if you're curious whether the investments that you are making or planning um, are the right ones to be thinking about, let us know. Um, we'll, we're happy to do this economic roadmap for you. We're happy to do a security, um, a vulnerability check, a security controls check. So just, just reach out to us. Um, and with that, we will wrap up. I will pause to recognize the July 4th holiday that is coming up. So we thank any and all of you who are in the military, who are military families, who um, take care of our country. We salute you and thank you. And we will see you again in July. Take care.